Hi, hope you're all well. Uh, I'm Viv. I'm the face behind Skin Farm Aesthetics in Stockton on Tees in the UK. And tonight I'm continuing our weekly chat, myself and Dr. Sonny, uh, looking at our journey involving ultrasound in our aesthetics work. So since last week we've been talking to different um, aesthetic specialists who uh, specialise in the use of ultrasound in aesthetic work. Last week I was talking to uh, Dr Carolina Marie-Lewis, a radiologist over in Argentina, and this week I'm really lucky, I think myself and Sonny were very lucky to be able to speak to Dr Leonie Schelke, who's a aesthetics ultrasound specialist based in Amsterdam. So hopefully Leonie will be joining me shortly. Hi Sonny. Um, Sonny will be joining us later on. He's been a little bit ill this last week, but he will be joining us and talking to Leonie as well later on towards the end of this conversation. So I'll see if I can find Leonie. I'll be one second. Ah, there you are. Hi. Hello. How are you, Leonie? I'm fine. I'm sitting on my couch. Are you are you annoyed with the light behind me? No, no. You look fine no matter what light there is around you. I'm enlightened. <laughs> You're looking well. You're looking well. It's um it's been it's been a while since I've come across you on uh, on yeah. on social media. Um we've been in a chat together with Tom Van Eyck last year last summer. And I Tom, I was, I was lucky enough to meet up with Tom last month for training in Amsterdam. And it was a real shame that you unfortunately couldn't make it after Paris, after IMCAS. Um, I had Yes, I had I know. Yeah. <laughs> Have you managed to recover okay since then? Yes, I think a lot of people had COVID after the IMCAS. So, yeah. um, no, it was fine. It was fine. But um, so we couldn't meet. Yeah. It's a shame. I was really looking forward to meeting you after all this time. But hopefully in the future, I'll probably try and get over to Amsterdam or Rotterdam and see you over there at some point. Yeah, and we will be in November at the CMEC. Uh, ah, yes, yeah. Congress, so we will be there as well. So C you don't know. CMEC is, yeah, I'm just, um, I'm just going to mention about CMEC. That's how I actually found out about you about 18 months ago. You um, carried out a webinar for practitioners to find out about your uh, work with ultrasound. And as part, of the, um, as part of the webinar, you were talking about what types of work you do, how ultrasound can be used to help practitioners in aesthetics. And I was fascinated. I was honestly, I was thinking, wow, this is amazing. How have I not come across this before? And your, your talk about your work was amazing. And since then, I've just been infatuated with all the work you do. <laughs> and you have ultrasound yourself now. I do. I use um, an ultrasound, a Clarice oh. ultrasound scanner. I was hoping you'd give me a mini, um, a mini lesson in how to use ultrasound properly yes. when I was over in Amsterdam. Yeah. Oh, but we can do it now. We can. <laughs> I've got so many questions to ask you before that, unfortunately. But um, I've got to mention Tom. Now, Tom, Tom, you and Tom both get on really well. You both know each other. Yeah. Both based in Amsterdam. Two yeah. fantastic Dutch practitioners. So he said to me, Viv, 
if you get a chance to mention me in your chat with Leonie, just do it very subtly, very subtle. So I thought, you know, Tom, I'm not going to listen to a word you say. I'll do it, do it crystal clearly. There you go, Tom. You owe me big time for this, but uh, hopefully you'll enjoy that. And uh, it'll, <laughs> it'll be, I can hear him laughing all the way in Amsterdam right now. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I know Tom for already 20 years or longer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We had a really nice chat last summer about both of you, and um, I think it was an enjoyable hour or so that we spent. But today, it's only yourself. Tom isn't with us, unfortunately. Yes, I know. Um, <laughs> but it was really to look at your work in ultrasound and to find out more about what you do and the different areas of work that you do. Um, Sunny will be joining us in about 20 minutes or so once we've spoken about a few different things. Yeah. So really, Leonie, it was really to look at how this all started. You, for me, are probably the world specialist in using aesthetics and ultrasound together to assess problems, detect complications and fix them as well. Um, how, how would you describe the work you do and how, would you, how did you start in the whole area? Well, if I have to describe my work, I really have very nice work. Yeah. That's, that's the best description, actually. Uh, okay, the second question. <laughs> no, yeah. honestly, um, I think we're all lucky because we are all in a new field of aesthetic medicine, right? Yeah. And we're just starting. So we have the opportunity to discuss a lot of things, to think about a lot of things. There are not a lot of new, completely new areas in medicine. So I think we have a great opportunity uh, to yeah. look at things, to come with solutions, to improve our field. So yeah. actually what we do is very basic. Uh, we mm. do not, you know, discover very, it's just all basic what we do. It's just very simple. How do you call it? In the Netherlands, you say, uh, you're one eye king in the land of the blind. Is that something you have Yeah, to <laughs> I How understand, you... yes. Yeah. What's your, okay, so anyway, no, it's, I think it's a very simple story. Um, I was used to phlebology. Yeah. So I had an ultrasound device in my practice. And um, honestly, this all started because I had to make up for a lot of complications that I caused. Um, I never used silicon oil. I never used PMMA. I wanted to stay far away from all permanent colors. We had Hylaform at the time and collagen. And then the permanent hydrogels came in and they actually had very naive, but they did have articles. They did have publications. We looked in it afterwards and there were just three months time publications. Yeah. You know, that's it's medical yeah. devices. So you do not have to run lung studies. And uh, yeah. the nice thing was it was permanent. But if you would inject into it, if you would re-inject, you were able to get out all the filler material yeah even yeah. after years so we thought that was a very good idea especially because at that time we had a lot of lipodystrophia for hiv positive patients and it was even a small time reimbursed in the netherlands uh, yeah. anyway so we start using that product and um, then three four years after i saw complications and the first thing you think is okay this is something i did and then the second one comes in, the third one, the third one, the fourth, and you're like, okay, I really had lousy days, the sixth, the seventh. <laughs> um, and then I did a questionnaire. So we already had a Society of Cosmetic Medicine. I did a questionnaire and 
we had at that time a 10 to 15% complication rate. But there were even articles after that that were mentioning a 50% complication rate. Wow. So, yeah, so I went to the inspection of health. I said, listen, this is what we see. And she said, no, 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 it's a good product. Here are all the reports. But in the end, uh, it was taken off the market. Um, but we still had all these patients with complications. Yeah. So um, I didn't know what to do. And uh, I had to make up a little bit for it. So I um, went to my former professor of dermatology. And he said, no, sure, come in. Um, start your polyclinic for filler complications. And um, I picked up the ultrasound because I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And I wasn't yeah. able to see what was going on. And we had plastic surgeons operating and taking out the bioalchemy, but it failed. So um, they took some out and some was migrated. So I just picked up the ultrasound. And to be honest, we were lucky because bioalchemy is very simple to see. It was injected <laughs> in big, big masses with a lot of volume. And you see like a complete big mass in tissue. So that was easy. So we yeah. didn't know where bioalchemy was. That's actually how it started because um, I was there every once, once every six weeks. And then a couple of years later, Peter joined me. He also yeah. used bioalchemy. Um, and then we start to recognize different fillers, hyaluronic acid, silicon oil. In the beginning, looking at silicon oil, we thought our device broke down because you yeah. see this completely cloudy. I was like, oh, something happened to the probe. And we <laughs> cleaned it. We put it up. No, something is still not wrong. With it. And then we thought, okay, this is how silicon oil. So it's, the fun thing is that you start to recognize all kinds of images. Um, but yeah. it was really spending a lot of time looking at images and trying to figure out where you're looking at. There were no books, there were no anatomy lectures, no publications. So you were doing this pr pretty much off your own back, completely on your own. You thought, this is a problem, I need to identify it. How can I fix it? So because of this, you started the, um, the polyclinic in the Netherlands, yeah. in, is it? In, in Erasmus, at Erasmus yep. Medical Center in Rotterdam. Yep. So how, how does, was that the first um, specialist aesthetics clinic using ultrasound in the world? I don't know. Do I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a group in Italy that does ultrasound. There's a group in Spain where dermatologists that do ultrasound. Somebody told me there's a dermatologist already in his 70s, somewhere in the France part of Belgium, doing ultrasound for right. a long time. So, you know, it's probably, it's never, you never think about something on your own. It's something like a kind yeah. of wave. But I think that um, we are the only, well, maybe yeah, we're in the academic hospital. I think that makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. So, so you see patients um, from across the Netherlands who have, yeah probably different types of aesthetic complications, probably a lot of them with dermal fillers nowadays, I'm guessing, um, but probably with all sorts, all sorts of different materials that may be causing an issue. Um, yeah. Do these patients get referred to you by different practitioners around the Netherlands or do the patients, yeah. that's how it works? Yeah, patients cannot refer themselves. So a physician right. has to refer. And yeah. that could be the general practitioner, that could be the dermatologist, the plastic surgeon. Yeah. Uh, cosmetic medicine is a recognized specialism in the Netherlands, but we still have yeah. a problem with referral to the Erasmus University. Uh, but some doctor has to have to refer you. Yeah. Right. Oh, can you still hear me? Because I thought... That's fine, yeah. You 
broke up a okay. little bit really bad. Yeah. That's fine. So, okay. what, do you see um, patients from across the world outside of the Netherlands as well? We see them from Belgium. We have a lot of patients asking if they can come in, but then it's not reimbursed. So then you have right. to pay for yourself. Um, yeah. For hyaluronic acid, it's simple. But if you do permanent fillers, you have to come back. So we try to, especially now, because more people are using ultrasound. So we try yeah. to get them somebody else who's um, doing ultrasound. Right. Uh, but we try not to. We already have in the Netherlands a, a waiting list more, a longer than three months. Wow. So we try not to have a lot of foreign patients. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. You do um, you do you do a lot of work, and on your Instagram, you post a lot of the different types of problems you see. I'll go through some of them as examples for for everyone to see. Only the nice ones that you the, read, the, right? They're <laughs> all nice. Yes, <laughs> I've worked on some of them, and I've used my computer graphic augmentation, so it'll help people see yeah. exactly what the issue is and how you've dealt with it. Um, but you also, as well as the practice, as well as the work at the polyclinic, you also do research. Um, you also carry out training with Cutaneous in, in Amsterdam and Rotterdam as well. Um, and you also have the new e-learning course um, in, in cooperation with Professor Spaskin Kotofana. Yeah, um, we're very happy. Yeah, we're very happy with that. You know what the problem is? The way that I remember phlebology, there was no ultrasound. Yeah. And then the hospital said, Leonie, this is the day you're going to learn ultrasound. And I just learned ultrasound and I had to put it into practice. But now, if you're a dermatologist in residence, somebody is teaching you ultrasound. Yeah. We are not academic or hospital-based practices. So we have nobody teaching us. There's no learning curve. There are no, you know, people around you that say, no, 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 Fifth, you should do it differently. Yeah. So so we thought okay and then uh, COVID came so we couldn't do any courses so we actually thought let's do some virtual courses i think that COVID, you know the good thing of COVID was that everything went virtual yes. so we now and ultrasound imaging is really something you can see we have a lot of yeah. videos in it uh, so sebastian kotofana is doing a lot of videos uh, body donor videos we have ultrasound videos we have images um and with names so you can learn from it so that's the good thing from COVID, I think, that we have more yeah. e-learnings. Um, but we also have e-learnings that are only videos. So you see yeah. injections, adverse events, um, and we almost have finished e-learning about vascular adverse events. Right, yeah. Um, you, you're doing research as well. You do, quite, you do lots of research. I've been reading all the papers you've written with a whole load of practice, including Peter, your, your um, yes, co-founder. Um, yeah, and next next week we actually have Tom Tom Decartes um, yes. from who's a colleague of yours. Yes, and he's with me actually in Amsterdam, based at the same clinic, and we're also at Erasmus University. He got his PhD in inflammatory responses and biofilms, yes. and I'm more focused on ultrasound and filler complications. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think I'll be speaking to him hopefully next week about his work on adverse events with dermal fillers. And he was in a he was in um, an Instagram live with Rosa Seagrist last yeah. week, a couple of weeks ago, and he was very careful about not giving away too much information about the research. He was saying to himself, "Oh, I'm going to have to check with Leone. Can I mention this?" Uh, so 
I'll, I'll speak to him next week and see how much he can give away about that research. I'm going to do the same thing, okay? I will say, oh, I... I <laughs> there's, lots, there's lots that could be t spoken about the research, but I'll go on, I'll go on. I'll leave that for now. I'll, I'll carry on with, um, with the rest of the chat with you. So you, you've, you used ultrasound initially because of problems, complications that you were seeing, and then you thought to yourself, you know what? What if I can just reduce the risk of the complications happening in the first place? So you, you've, you've produced research work looking at um, standard positions using ultrasound. You've produced information about how to carry out vascular mapping with, using, with the ultrasound scanners that you have. Um, so what, I, what I've done um, based on the work you've done, I thought it'd be perhaps easy to show some examples of the work you've done using your ultrasound scanners. And different examples would also help to answer some of the questions that practitioners have. How can we use ultrasound? What benefit does it give us? What's the point of it? How can it even make any difference to the work we do? So I thought one of the ways of showing that would be actually to show examples of what you've done and to um, highlight the actual types of work that you do. So what I've got here, Leon, is a few examples. I'll get one up. This is, I'll get rid of Tom. Um, so preventing complications and improving efficacy. This is one of the first CGI um, augmentations I've done for you. And it looks at the movement of tissue in the mid-face. Let me just get this off of oh, one second. Oh, I like this. You like you this? Tom? Yeah, you see Tom never wants to disappear. It's one of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is um, movement of fat um, over sooth in... And this is in the mid-face. This was one of an early scan you did last year. And I thought, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to be able to look at how that tissue moves and show it more easily using computer graphics. So yeah, I worked I on Yeah. You, every scan I, that I've worked on for you, I think you've really loved what can be done. So this shows the movement of superficial fat over sooth. And the... The, it's relic. It's it's important because it shows yeah. where filler should be placed, you know, to give the best effective outcome for the patient. Um, so this is can one of you, the. Arts. Can you describe where we are, where we're looking at? Yeah, this was. I think it's mid fit. It's um, mm -hmm. oh, where is it? Superficial fat compound. I'll, I'll do the pro. I think it, it was. Like this. The yes. Like this. Yeah. Let me just get it back. Yeah. Just show okay. it again. Yeah. I can't so remember which position the probe was in, but... Here, you can see it. Ah, my, right, my, longitudinal. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, that was basically just to show how, um, how the actual, how the actual yeah. tissue moves more but easily. you know what I also like, Fifth? Can you see yeah. that very small black line? If you yeah. look at the left side, that's your orbicularis oculi muscle. So it's in this Ah, muscle. right. Yeah. And the very small line, the oculi muscle, is the floor yeah. of the superficial fat compartment. Right. And now somebody is smiling. You can see the movement. And yeah. because you contract the muscle, the superficial, there we go, the superficial fat compartment is moving and bulging upwards. But what I also like is that you can see that the little black layer becomes the white layer, the smus. Yeah. So with ultrasound, you can really see how structures are continuous with each other and yeah. how they relate to each other. So you, do you think the, this, um, the CGI work like this can help with things like training? Um, oh, this yeah, is for understanding. Yeah. yeah. You know what the thing is? It's all new things. 
you always yeah. ask yourself, do I need this? Yeah. And if I look at new shoes, I always yeah. need them. Yeah. But if you look at new ultrasound devices, you know, yeah. it's new shoes, you put them on and you're happy. Yeah. More or less. If you have an ultrasound device, you know, you have to do something with it. Yeah. And it's new. It's yeah. new technology. You never saw all the black. But do you remember when we went from needle to cannula? We had, yeah. to, we had to learn that as well. And yeah. now you have a patient, you want to perform a certain technique and you choose a needle or yeah. a cannula. It's completely yeah. incorporated. We... We had mankind for how many? For a hundred years, we always had babies. Remember? <laughs> yeah, we had didn't have ultrasound. We had this big. Yeah. How do you call them? The big things that you put on the belly, and then we were listening. To oh them. yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know what they were called. Yeah. So at those days, you were wondering why should we use ultrasound? Because I yeah. hear the heart beating. Yeah. Okay, and then you use ultrasound, and then you also see the heart beating, but you also see new things. You see yeah. a lot of things about the child. And I think that we're behind in medicine. Uh, yeah. Actually, a lot of specialties are using, are using ultrasound. Yeah. But if you start using ultrasound, and I hope that's the same for you, then you find out what kind of new information yeah. you get. Yeah. And that's the same with mobility. We go from dynamic to... And we have static mobility, and now we go to dynamic, movable yeah. mobility. And you see what's happening with your tissue. You see what's happening with your filler. Yeah. Well, well, the second example here was actually one of your guided injections into the DAO muscle, which is for a downturn smile. So I think you yeah. did this a little while back. For fun. It, it was just for fun, because I'm not sure if we need to do that. But these yeah, are the it, things. It shows yeah. movement really well, though, when you carried out that yeah. scan. The muscle, this is the original scan. Um, yeah. You've got the skin at the top of the picture. You've got bone lower down and close to the surface, you've got fat and muscle. And I'll, on yeah. the CGI scan, you'll see just what the tissue is. Difficult for yeah. somebody who's never looked at an ultrasound to understand it. Well, the oval, the black oval shaped deposit is your yeah. DAO, but then in a right. transitional position. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there I go. I was injecting it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, can you see the movement one more time? So this is the yeah. DAO. I've got the uh, oh, CGI yeah. over it. Yeah, that's why I like your color thing so much. So you can see actually the skin is moving, but also the structures underneath are moving. Yeah. Yeah, so you really can see. Yeah, this is new information. Is yeah. it useful? I think so, because you can see how structures relate, where you should and you shouldn't inject fillers. That's your um, guided toxin injection into yes. the DAO muscle. Yes, that's just for fun. It was, in, um, it, even though it's fun, it's really interesting because it shows how much of a benefit ultrasound can be with guided treatments. You can, you can, you can guide that needle so much more accurately when you can see what you're doing. Um, yes. that, they, they were examples of preventing complications and improving efficacy. But your speciality is complications. You look at complications all the time. You can assess them much more accurately and effectively. And you can treat them as a result of knowing what you can see under the skin. So these are a few examples, Leonie, of um, uh, treating complications. First one is a delayed onset nodule above the jawline. If I yeah. can just get it. Okay. Just find did, it. You, Fifth, did you yeah. realize that we were injecting in this mask? 
Sorry, what was that, Leonie? Did you, did you realize that we are injecting in the smooth layer? Yes, yeah, with, with this particular example, yes. Yeah, but before yeah. this example, I never realized it before. So only because I saw those complications, yeah. Yeah. I start to realize what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but it, know, makes, never, it, yeah. it makes a huge difference. It really, like, as I, I'll, I'll get this back again, Leon. I'll just clear yeah. this again. Like so this it. is injection into yeah. the SMAS, into the, um, into the SOOF, within the SOOF. Okay, so, can you point out the layers? So the last yeah. layer is the white layer is the mandible. I will, let me just, yeah. in fact, it'd be easier if I get this, this, oh, there we go. Yes, much better. So you can see the layers, skin at the top, bone yes. lower down, and you can see where the filler is in purple moving yes. within a certain layer. And, and you've got the superficial fat compartment. No. It's supposed to be in the superficial fat compartment. Yeah. But with the point of your cannula, you very often touch the smas and you don't feel it. We used to yeah. say to each other, you know, if you feel something hard or stiff, stay out of it. You don't yeah. notice it. You don't notice it. Yeah. But and this, that... leads, this leads to clinical visible nodules. Yeah. And using the ultrasound, you can effectively identify the position of the complication. You can identify where the treatment needs to be used to actually fix the problem without... And you leave all the other filler deposit at rest. You do not yeah. have to remove everything. Somebody yeah. paid for the treatment, right? So you don't, don't want to dissolve everything. You very yeah. specifically just dissolve that one deposit giving a nodule. So all these problems you see outside of ultrasound, you know, practitioners around the world using 12 vials of high aluronides, they could have done it with ultrasound far more effectively using lower volumes, much more safely. Um, but I think you, you read in, on Instagram, you read all these stories that there's been a, a vascular occlusion in the nasal passage and vial after vial of hyalase had to be used to dissolve it on an ongoing basis, hours later. And for you, there isn't a need to do that, is there, with the complications you've seen? No, but you know, if you read the high-dose protocol of Lorenzi, he says that. He says you have to float the whole area because you mm. don't know where the filler is. Yeah. If you pick up ultrasound, you do know where the filler is. Yeah. That's, that's the whole difference. In your, with, with occlusions that you've dealt with, have you had to use multiple treatments over a long period of time to actually treat the, the occlusion properly? Normally, the majority is one treatment with about 7,500 units. Um, right. But we do run into patients that come after 10 days, sometimes yeah. weeks, sometimes. Yeah. And then we always see them back the second day. Right. Um, and then sometimes we do retreat them. Yeah. Uh, or we remove some filler or whatever. Yeah, but the majority is one treatment. So, again, the benefit of the ultrasound is not just treatment and assessment, it's follow-on treatment, follow-on assessment. Do you need further treatment? Has the problem been fixed initially? Do we need to do more? Easy to do when you've got the tools to help you. And to be honest, for the physician, so if you run into a vascular occlusion and you see restored flow, you have a good yeah. night's sleep. And yeah. your patient, the funny thing is patients see the same. They see the instant flow coming back on the screen. Yeah. And they, they're happy. They're reassured. They think, okay, okay, I will heal. I go home. So you have yeah. less stress. Uh, yeah. It really helps you to define the problem. Yeah. And um, that's what we do in medicine, right? Diagnosis, yeah. 
management and follow up. We have imaging yeah. everywhere. It, it really works well. The work you do is fantastic to see. I think practitioners like the fact that they can understand that the, the ultrasound has multiple applications. It can be used in a wide variety of assessment, treatment and follow-up. Yes, but I can also understand if you're not used to it, you're a yeah. bit irritated by it. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was irritated at the beginning because I couldn't understand how yes. it worked. Once you get used yeah. to that initial high, very, very steep learning curve, it becomes a lot easier and you deal with more problems with more confidence. But you need good training, good education and good practice to do it properly. And if you're a young doctor, the whole day you're learning new things, right? So yeah. it doesn't make a difference whether you learn how to inject somebody, how to look at ultrasound, how to whatever. But, yeah. you know, we're old. We're <laughs> confident in what we do. Oh, you are old. I'm not. But You're not old. Yeah. So, and then you have to learn something new. So I can understand yeah. that a lot of people are not really happy with that. Um, yeah. And that's the, the courses that we do, we do that with a special person who's educated, who, who is an education for medicine. Yeah. So that we can, in a very quick way, learn others how to use ultrasound. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what was, how do you use it now in your practice? What do you do? Now, I use it particularly for vascular mapping, you know, assess patients before a treatment's carried out. I look at every patient when I use fillers in particular. I'm using it now for masseter treatment as well, guided masseter treatment. Yeah. Um, and also a patient that I'll be hopefully speaking to soon, which I've spoken to you about, patient who's had um, metal plates placed in their face. Um, she, unfortunately, patient fell down the stairs, broke her mandible and her, her, her jawline, a jawbone and a cheekbone. She's got metal plates placed in there. And now she's looking at treatment to help her following the accident. And I'll hopefully be able to use the ultrasound to assess the positions of the plates treat accordingly, safely and effectively without causing any further problems to for her. Yeah, that's very interesting. That's very, yeah. those things, I really like if you say that because then ultrasound is so handy. I was just doing a podcast with one of my favorite ultrasound friends, Stella, with a very difficult yeah. back name. Um, but she mentioned, she, you know, you want to have, what say, do you say Belkia of Kilbella? How do you call it for your, for the fat resolving? Oh, the, the actual product, do you mean? Mm-hmm. Belkira? Is that how you call it? Belkira, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a few different products for that. There's quite Excellent. a few now. So you go to your physician, you say, can you please do some fat dissolvement in my chin? Yeah. And normally that's what we do. And then yeah. you do not respond. And then your physician say, ah, you do not respond. Okay. Yeah. If you pick up your ultrasound, you can assess on forehand how thick is the subcutaneous layer. Yeah. How much glandular tissue is there? How is the muscular structure? And then you can say to your patient, you're a good candidate or yeah. you're not a good candidate because there is hardly any fat, but there's a lot of glandular tissue instead. Yeah. And that is, you know, making the patient happy, not wasting money on a good treatment that doesn't work and making yourself happy because you're not waiting for patients that are unhappy. I see so many practitioners posting about fat dissolution, fat dissolving injections. Not one of them have I seen use ultrasound to assess the patient and post about it. Not one. Jonathan, Jonathan Kadush does it. Hiyo Browning at my practice. Remember, they're also at the polyclinic. They do it. Right. Um, you should post more about those problems you see. 
Yeah, no, no, I could, we should actually do that. So the thing is, I have a high-end frequency, a big device, but I also yeah. have smaller portable ones. But yeah. I always lost because Jonathan is using them in the theater. He covers them and he uses them with liposuction and lipofilling. Right. Um, which is actually now a standard protocol in the United States, right? If you do BBL, you have to yeah. use ultrasound. Yeah. That's yeah. just recently. And then what's also happening is that my other portable devices, and this is new research we're going to look into, are disappearing to our skin therapists. Right. Yeah. Because they're now using it to assess the skin before they do laser treatments and energy device treatments. Because what you probably find out is that the skin thickness really varies in patients. Yeah. If you do, for example, radio frequency in the subcutaneous layer, and you set your needles at three, four millimeters, but the skin, the subcutaneous is only one millimeter, there's yeah. no effect. Yeah. And yeah. very painful because you're in the smus where your nerves is. So all your patients are complaining about pain. Your work is spreading everywhere. You, you, you're producing improved practice for whole lots of practitioners everywhere. Not yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and get through these last couple of scans. We've got all the time, yeah. but I'm still going to... You don't mind chatting still, dear Leone? I, I, I can't talk. Steve, I, that's the problem. I always talk. I'm so sorry. <laughs> don't worry. This is another one of your scans. I think this is filler in multiple tissue layers around the uh, jawline. Let me see if I can play it. I'll be one second. Right. Um, filler yes. within multiple tissue layers. This is um, around the jawline and parotid gland. Yes, so the cloudy area you see is your parotid gland. And yeah. there are lymph nodes. So sometimes you see a lymph node, but you also see that there are little black oval-shaped deposits. That is your HA. Right. It's yeah. in the parotid gland. It's in the SMAS. Yeah. And this patient also had in his accessory parotid uh, gland. Yeah. Um, and also in the good layer, also in the subcutaneous layer. Yeah. Um, and he also had it in the masseter because it was a male and he yeah. wanted to have a very nice straight jawline. Yeah. Um, and then you inject your hyaluronic acid filler as you taught on the periost. Yeah. It's not on the periost. If you look at ultrasound, yeah. it's in the muscle, which yeah. is fine, but you can see what, what filler does. That, and then if you keep on chewing, what happens if you keep on chewing and you have your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner and something in between, the hyaluronic acid migrates to a more yeah. superficial layer. And yeah. then you're a male, again, with no jawline, but with yeah. more chubby cheeks. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen problems like this with cheek filler. I've seen patients who've had cheek filler. Um, they've maybe had it over a year earlier and they're getting problems with superficial lumps around the, around the upper area of skin. And I've scanned them and you can see filler not, no longer on the periosteum. It's, it's shifted upwards. It's yeah. like a balloon. It's floated yeah. into the air. And you're thinking, this is why you've got a problem. One cheek is out here. The other cheek is fine. The fine cheek has got filler on the periosteum. No movement higher up. The cheek that's lifted, it's got filler right in the surface layer, isn't in the subcutaneous fat. But these are injector-related adverse events. Yes, yes. But this, this is one of the benefits of ultrasound. It can yeah. help improve practice and efficacy if you know how to use it properly. Yes, and you know what the thing is? It's not about good or bad, but it's about yeah. not knowing. If yeah. you do not use your ultrasound, you do not see that the filler is subcutaneous, right? 
Yeah. And you will tell your patient, no, 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 I injected it there in the depth. Yeah. The great thing is, as you've said, the patient can see exactly what you see. There's no hiding. It's completely transparent data. There's no, there's no fiddling with information. The patient sees exactly what you see. And they benefit and they, they are more confident in your abilities yeah. to treat them properly. Yeah, my patients love ultrasound and yours probably as well. They do. Yeah, they like it. Yes, I know. They like the treatment. They like to see the arteries moving. Um, yeah. So I think your patients love ultrasound. They, uh, they, once they know the benefits and they can see for themselves what you see, and once they understand what you're looking at, they love what you do. And I'm getting patients coming to me because nobody else in this area uses ultrasound to identify a problem and nobody can treat a problem properly. So for me, it's made big changes to the way I work and the patients I've seen. Yeah. So I think one of the things is if you start doing ultrasound, you have to go through that learning curve. So you have to start doing ultrasound in your practice. And then what you see is that patients use it, of that physicians use it, you know, on demand. Yeah. It's not yeah. something that you have to do all the time, but if you do a danger zone, if you want to see what's going on, if patients are not happy with results, if people come in and they don't know what they're used to, you start to using it yeah. Yeah. for specific problems and specific areas. Couldn't have put it better myself. I've got one last scan of yours, Leo. Yeah. I know I've, I talk a lot and so do you, but I think people enjoy it anyway, so it's fine. I like your scans, yes. <laughs> this is one of your scans of... Um, filler under the angular vein under the eye. So let me play this. This was done a few months back. Let me get it up. There we go. Oh, so this yes. is yep. this is your original scan, filler under the angular vein um, below the eye. So I think the patient turned up with problem with a lump under the eye. I think perhaps yep. discoloration. Discoloration, and we're looking into that. I cannot really tell you what's going on, but if you look at the Tyndall effect, yeah, the f what we always see is that the vein is being pushed up. Yeah, yeah. you can see it beautiful here. Can you see that? So the vein, yeah. the, the black band is being pushed up by the filler. Oh, there we go. Yep. And you want to see, because you don't want to end up in the infraorbital foramen. Yeah. So you like to see what you're doing. So you can actually see your, you could see yeah. the needle, you aiming the needle to help start dissolution of the yeah. actual filler there. It's, it's actually okay. fun to inject. Yeah, you know what's happening? The facial vein is, is, piercing, is piercing through the orbiclast alkaline muscle and it's stuck yeah. there, you know, it's yeah. fixed. And then you put a filler underneath it, so you push yeah. the vein upwards and sometimes it's stuck in the mu muscle so you get dilatation. Yeah. But you also bring it to a more superficial level. So we yeah. think that very often what we call tipple effects is just the vein being pushed up. Yeah. I, I, you know, we, we could talk all day, Leonie. I could quite easily yeah. talk all day with you without any problem at all. I thought I'd better bring Sonny in for the last couple of minutes. So He doesn't, so. He doesn't talk? He doesn't talk? He, no, I don't. No, uh, what am I going to say? He doesn't talk as much as us. <laughs> Uh, there's trees a crowd, you know what? I don't want to be a third wheel. <laughs> but, um, I, th I think, Leone, you've, um, you've been watching our lives over the last few weeks, so hopefully you've enjoyed them as much as we've been enjoying doing them. Yes. So, um, Leone, 
what I'm going to do now is I'm not going to, this has been absolutely amazing. You know, we'd love to have you talking again because we've had, I mean, so many people have joined. So I'd just like to say thank you to everyone that has joined. Um, Viv, I don't think it was because of you. I think it was because of Leone they joined. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Oh. All right. So, uh, do I have to leave our lives now? And they're, no, and they're dropping off now as well. No, I'm joined. They're dropping off even further. I'm joking. They're not. But we do have some questions, um, and we had quite a few people join. I'm just going to skip down some questions. One of the questions I think was from Hilltop Aesthetics, and it's when you guys were talking about uh, injecting into the SMAS, and yeah. um, I think. It was a question. No, it's from Dr. Harris Clinic, actually. It was, oh, hello. Um, it, yeah, they were, they were loving it, uh, Dr. Harris was. Um, it's, He's good for the, the question was, are you saying that nodules can form by retrograde movement to the SMAS? So you, you only talk about dissolving. So the question from Dr. Harris Clinic was, are you saying nodules can form by retrograde movement to the SMAS? <sighs> this is so nice about Fiv. He always has to answer right there. Can you see that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what you see the big the big blep the oval shaped deposit that's hyaluronic acid and yes. um it's just above the orange parotid gland and it moves can you see that and yes we see filler so the smas is a very easy layer and you can have filler migration where, where you have filler migration from the mid face to the temple from the temple to the jawline from the chin to your neck so everywhere where you have migration, it can, and you can follow it through the SMUS. So you can actually see if you make small movements. Also there, can you see that? So you see a bulb over there, but then if you look at the left side, you also see a little bit of filler going up. Um, so yes, it migrates. And sometimes you see one nodule here and one nodule there, but sometimes you do see the whole trace of filler. Yeah, okay, good. And we're about to have research published on that. That's amazing. We're working on it, yeah. This was a, a technical question from Hilltop Aesthetics, and they, and I think, I mean, Leon, if you answer this, uh, this would be amazing. So, can ultrasound imaging be worked through in layers and rotated? And I think that their question was relevant to cone beam, CT scanner, and dentistry. I'm not sure it, that would all be dependent on the software, I'm guessing, but can that be possible? Have you guys ever thought of that, or is that, have you achieved that? This is a typical Viv question, I think, if it's technical. Oh, okay, Viv. And so, what so what they're saying exactly? basically is so how with CT, cone beam CT, you you can yeah. work through the layers, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, what they're basically saying is, can you look at the layers? Obviously, the vector that you're looking at with the with this uh, with the ultrasound, take those layers, and can they be split? And then, can you work through the layers? Well, with with the CGI work that I do, I base it on movement within the scan itself. So whatever is shown on the scan. I can augment it. So if the scan's done in a certain way, I can augment it in a certain way. So I can only augment what is physically in the video. I can't modify what's not there. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's that, that pretty much understood because you can't with obviously CT you're looking at layers of tissue. Yeah, no. It's a vector. Is yeah. 2D imaging. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. make it you make it 3D imaging by making movements with the probe. Yeah. So you can see a vessel in a linear way, but if you turn it around, you see it yeah. in the transaction. Um, and you have to scan the area, and then you can see all the fillers from all the different sides. But it's 2D, yeah. but you can make it 3D just by turning it around. Yeah, yeah. So um, the last question, 
um, this was nice. It's from, uh, I don't know if you know this pro, um, Instagram, My Hair J Doe. And, they, and they, I think it's someone who's not a practitioner. They said, why do some providers choose not to dissolve facial fillers with ultrasound? Then as, they have, as they've listened, they said, why is it some providers choose to dissolve fillers with that ultrasound? They said, without, sorry. And then they've said, why do providers, oh, they said the same question again. And then they said, should, should, they, should, should you stay away from providers who don't use ultrasound? Viv, go on. <laughs> I won't answer that, Leonie. I'll let you answer that. You chickened out, Viv. I didn't you know what I'll say. I didn't okay. hear the question. No, no, no. To be honest, it's not a golden standard. Okay. No, that's good. And I think that's from, a, that's from someone who's not a practitioner. So I would echo that, is that for years and years, there's been very good injectors doing on clinical practice, clinical assessment. It's, and, and it's nice that you said that. It's not a gold standard, but it does help. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Viv, I'll let you... I, I, Thank you for letting me join. But you, you, do, you do talk questions. a lot, actually. You know that? I do. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he, can get, he can get a half an hour's conversation in five minutes no, compared to us two, Leonie. I mean, this is, you know, this is really amazing that so many people join to watch. And Leonie, this is a testament to you, know, you being on. And we are just trying to not raise the standards in by doing this every week it's just to share a passion and obviously with passion yeah comes trust and with yeah. trust comes development so that's honestly it. i know it's new it's new technology what i would like to say if the people who did the course and if i run into them at a congress or something else they always say i never realized how much i would learn from anatomy so we think we start doing this for patient safety it's a good reason to start Honestly, we had a course last week and there was also a, um, a plastic surgeon and he said, I always thought cadaver anatomy was top, but he said, honestly, ultrasound is better than that. It's the anatomy and it's, it's you actually getting much more education than you thought you would get. And yeah. then you have patient safety, but you have to start doing ultrasound and then you realize, ah, and it happens in your brain. So you now know if you if somebody's talking about the masseter and probably if you know you see the yeah. masseter you see yeah. the smells on top of it you know the, so it's in your head it's completely yeah. different with with experience you just improve and and i remember in january when i first started using my scanner it was it was really hard it wasn't easy but it took practice, it took a lot of work, it, I had to do a lot of reading, I had to look at all of your posts to figure out what I'm looking at, and that's when the CGI work came about, because I thought, you know what, let's see if we can improve it, make things easier to see, yeah. so that's what the CGI yeah. helped with, but with practice comes improvement, and the more you work, the more you learn, and you basically improve your practice as a result of ongoing practice, ongoing learning, you'll never stop learning, um, but I I think what you do, Leon, is fantastic. Thank you. But it's just, you know, accidentally being there and being used to ultrasound and start using it. So, so it's what just I, what everybody so, does. Um, what I would say, um, Leon, is if you can get some more courses going, because I've looked at the website and, you know, I, I came to Amsterdam for a more social uh, engagement, but next time I'd like to come and do a course. September. I think September. September it might, I might struggle September because we book our clinics, but if you get some more courses on, I think you'd have... Yeah, September, you'd... October is on, November. Yeah. We've gone to London uh, in November with CMAC. 
I think, yeah, there's a, there's a cadaver course going on in Edinburgh that is run by Lee Walker. And I think CMAC are running something at a similar time. So I think there's going to be a clash. Yeah, 11. There, but... I think 11 of November. I'm not sure. I'm not well, sure. But the Monday, the Monday after the CMAC. Yeah, so then we'll be in London. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Keep fingers mm. crossed. Brilliant. Hopefully we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll hopefully meet at some point. But I thought we'll, we'll finish, Leonie, just to look yeah. at the future. We've talked about everything you've done, what you're doing. Um, in terms of the future, <clears throat> what would you say you would you would see in an ideal world in the future? How would you see um, aesthetic ultrasound working in practice across um, different countries? What would you like to see in the future? Oh, what I like to see is the same the same with phlebology. If you would ask me who would ever started phlebology and duplex ultrasound, I wouldn't, I couldn't tell you because it's so incorporated, right? So what you would like is that just everybody's using it and nobody's questioning why we're using it, but just because it adds knowledge, it adds an extra eye. You can just see what's happening. So in the ideal world, it would be used like um, cardiologists use it. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends is a cardiologist, and he said it's the best thing ever happened to us. But they have a six-month training in the hospital because they say it's the first time we see the heart moving. We see yeah. what it's doing. We see, you know, It's just seeing because we cannot look under the skin. So I hope it will be as natural for us um, yeah. in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. That's pretty much it. I'm, I'm, um, I can't talk anymore, Leonie. My throat I hurts can. now. I can. <laughs> Fair enough. But hopefully in the future, we'll, um, we'll hopefully do another live at some point in the future. And I think myself and Sunny, we'd love to come over and do some training yeah. with you in the Netherlands. And if we get a chance in November, we'll hopefully see you at CMAC, if we can both be there. It'd be nice to meet up with you face to face. Um, I'll, I'll post your information for everyone who uh, can follow you. Um, oh, both your accounts, facial ultrasound is Leonie's account, and you also have cutaneous facial ultrasound, yeah, um, which is your group with yeah. Peter, Peter Velfius. Yeah. Um, so hopefully... People should follow you. Anyone who's a practitioner dealing with aesthetics and fillers in particular, they should follow you basically basically to find out just what the benefits of ultrasound are. Um, we love using our ultrasound scanners. It's not the answer to everything, but it, it does help us improve what we do and make things safer for our patients, and it helps us to sleep at night as well. And it's fun. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> But I've got to thank you. Thanks a lot for thank uh, so for much. joining us tonight, Leonie, and helping out with tonight's yeah, live. We really were looking. All the colouring that you do, I really love yeah. them. I I'll, I'll carry on. I haven't done it for a while because I've had COVID myself, but yeah. I will get back to work and start doing more of your scans, working on them. But thanks a lot, um, thank you. and I hope I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Yes, I did. Great. Okay. Enjoy yourself. And yep. we will, next week, we've got uh, Tom Descartes, your colleague from, uh, from um, Erasmus, who's going to be talking about a whole load of work to do with ultrasound and hopefully talk a little bit about his research with fillers and adverse events. Yeah, so he does great we'll, research. 
we'll do some we'll have a good yeah. chat with him but thanks again and we will post this will be on instagram and it'll end up on youtube and all over the place and um just again thanks a lot for joining us and uh, i hope you. you the best for the yeah. future Leonie. thank you for having me and i hope to meet you in real life brilliant thanks Leonie. we will yes. thank you thanks a lot bye 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 bye, bye.